Welcome to another episode of the Desert Shift Podcast. My name is Chase Beardsley, one of your hosts here with Tyler Cass, one of your hosts. Uh, live over Zoom, Tyler, you know, usually I ask you how you're doing, but now you're so far, you're across the country. How are you doing over in New York? Yeah, um, I, I like the weather in Arizona a lot better. It's been It's been raining here. I don't like the rain. So. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Apparently, it's uh, raining back in California too, uh, where I come from. So, thank God it's uh, I'm in the 100 degree heat of Arizona. Um, but man, Tyler, what a fantastic first round we had of the Stanley Cup playoffs. A lot of upsets, some that we expected, uh, a lot of matchups and results that we absolutely did not expect. Tyler, before we dwell into all these series, your overall thoughts of round one. Um, I'm just gonna say say this. Uh, I think that it's been interesting. Um, you know, this the best part about the NHL playoffs is that the unexpected always happens. Expect the unexpected, and that's exactly what we've gotten. Um, the one thing that, that I'll say, I hope that the the officiating gets better. I feel like um, there's a lot of series where the refs kind of took over, which I've not been a big fan of. Uh, but other than that, I think it's it's been a it's been fun. Yeah, for me, it's been a lot of fun. I think this is the most amount of playoff hockey I've watched since 2020 because the past couple of years work has really bogged me down. Um, now, you know, kind of uh, not working as much and being able to watch a lot of these games. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I think uh, when we get to this series, you had the most fun with. You had the most fun watching. Just let me know. I'm going to tell you which series I had the uh, most fun with uh, once we get to that series. But we have a couple series to talk about. All of them are finished at this point. Round two is going on. We'll get to our round two predictions and series look, looking at uh, later down the line. But where do you want to start at, west or east? Um, I think that the more interesting series happened in the, the east. So maybe we should do the west first this time. All right. Well, I'll start with uh, what's first on the NHL app. We'll start with the series that ended the earliest. The Vegas Golden Knights versus the Winnipeg Jets. Lots of drama coming after this one. Uh, the Golden Knights finish off the Jets in five games. Um, Jets win game one, and then Vegas uh, sweeps the rest of the series, including game five, where they took out the Jets four to one. Tyler, what were your thoughts on the series? Um, I, I think that it wasn't totally the Jets' fault. They were just decimated with injuries, lost a ton of guys, but they also didn't get any help. Um, a huge part of the reason they made the playoffs was Hellebuck, and he was just not great during the, the playoffs for them at all. Um, I think if they got a little bit better play from Hellebuck, that series could have easily gotten more games. I think I expected more out of the Jets because I thought that they were underrated coming in, but um, I think that a lot of underperforming from everybody. The injuries really hurt them. And just Vegas just played their game. Bruce Cassidy is a great coach. He knew what he needed to do to win. And um, 
Bressois played really good. I think that was a huge factor. We both said goaltending, and Bressois outplayed Hellebuck, which is surprising. But uh, that's the, really the reason Vegas won. They just played overall better. Yeah, I thought Lauren Bressois was incredible in the series. He outdueled Connor Eric Connor Hellebuck, his former uh, starter. Um, and that's impressive to me because Lauren Bressois obviously struggled with injuries earlier this year. It's part of the reason why Vegas went out, got Aiden Hill, started Logan Thompson, you know, um, that got Jonathan Quick eventually. Um, so I thought Bressois was incredible in the series. And, oh, man, he's just – he made some great saves. Mark Stone was another uh, player that I was thoroughly impressed with. Um, the fact that he comes back from that back injury and then scores like it's nothing um, is incredible. And the fact that Vegas also did this with their own injuries uh, too, Shea Theodore and uh, Brain McNabb being out um, on the on the D, that's just impressive to me. And it's something that's very different from last year's Vegas's team to this year's that they can overcome these injuries. We saw them overcome the Mark Stone injury this regular season. They obviously overcame the defensive injuries uh, during these playoffs. And on the Jets side of things, oh man, it was just rough because by the end of the series, they had lost Shifley. They had lost Morrissey. They had just lost all these big parts of the team. And I mean, honestly, it seemed like at the end, everyone just gave up, especially in that game five. They looked lifeless. Connor Hellebuck did not have a great series, but I mean, I would not place all the blame on him. I honestly think like this is a Winnipeg team that should honestly think about rebuilding, especially what uh, coach Rick Bonus came out and said after the playoffs, which was basically like he's disgusted with the team and Blake Wheeler claps back and says, I didn't like how you said that. So Tyler, what do you think is next for the Jets? Um, I mean, I'm really interested in the direction they go because I think that you have the pieces there um, to have a solid core, but is are they going to stay long-term? Do they want to stay long-term? Hellebuck's a free agent after this season. You know, eventually you're going to have to get Shifley and Connor and Dubois to commit to long-term deals. And some of those guys have come out and said they don't really want to be there long-term. Um, so I think that you're eventually you're at the point where if you talk to these guys and they're not willing to commit long-term, I think you have to start the rebuild because if you have that core there, especially with Hellebuck, you can't rebuild, you know, you're going to be a competitive team with those guys there. But uh, I think that they're going to, I think Rick bonus is going to be back. Um, I think they're going to still compete again next year, but if things start to go South, um, if they, they can't make the playoffs since they're losing the first round again. I think that uh, this is the end of this like core. And I, I think they, it's time for them to tear it down. Yeah. They, I'm going to, I'm going to give them one more year. Yeah. They announced uh, Rick bonus was coming back as coach. I don't think he was the issue at all. I think he was impressive even getting the jets to this point, especially after their major slump. I think uh, Kevin she- Shevodayov should be gone by now. I think uh, just like, I don't think he should be the, the GM in charge of a rebuild. And I think that's the direction the Jets should go, especially with Dubois, Shifley, Wheeler, Hellebuck. All those players are expiring within the next two years. And I guarantee you that 
half those players will not return. Dubois obviously wants to go to Montreal. Uh, Wheeler sounds like he doesn't want to be there anymore, especially with Bonus still as the coach. I would honestly think of rebuilding, rebuilding around Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey. Um, you can get a lot of assets for shipping off Connor Hellbuck to someone like LA. You can get a lot of assets for shipping off someone like Shifley. Pretty sure you could get uh, get some assets from Wheeler at this point, even though his contract's a little bit pricey, but it's nearing its end. So I think you can get something out of that. But in my opinion, the Jets need to rebuild. This series was a complete disaster after game one. It was basically like the last time these two teams met way back in 2018, only the Jets get eliminated in round one. We'll talk about Vegas in later when we talk about the uh, round two matchups, but yeah, that was a, that was a quick series moving on to a series that we would think we thought would last longer. Well, actually, before I get to that, our original predictions were for the Jets going night series. Mine was Vegas and six. What were, was yours, Tyler? Uh, I think I said Vegas and six or seven. I have pulled my bracket, but I, I thought the series would go longer. And I also said that I thought the Jets could pull off the upset, but the Jets really disappointed me in this series. Yeah, Hellebuck was really disappointing. Uh, moving on to the series that we thought would go longer. This is a series that we both had going seven, but we did guess the victor correctly. Dallas and the Minnesota Wild, the Stars win it in six, uh, defeating the Wild at, at Minnesota's home four to one. Man, this was my favorite series. This was a series that was very fun up until the end. It felt like towards the end, Minnesota started to really die die down and uh, become weak. But the first two games of this series were some of the best playoff games I had watched in a while. Tyler, your thoughts on the Minnesota-Dallas series? Uh, it, I mean, honestly, it all came down to goaltending. Ottinger stuff in his head every single game. And um, Minnesota kind of gave Dallas a win there, throwing Flurry in for some reason. Augustuson was good, but, you know, he he kind of – there were some of those games there, especially towards the end, where he just was letting in a few soft goals, goals he probably should have saved. And his defense wasn't helping him out at all. I just think it, it came down to Dallas, again, played overall better. Um I think one guy we have to talk about is Rupe Hintz because he just absolutely went off. I mean, you think about all the talent that that the Stars had. Pavelski was not even playing for most of the series. He got hurt. Um, Robertson, he was good, but he really didn't score a ton. And then just Hintz just took over. And I think that that um, Minnesota, just they're just the kings of losing in the first round now that uh, Toronto, who we'll talk about later, finally did it. But uh, now Minnesota has that crown, so another first round exit for the Wild. Yeah, the Wild have only made it past the first round. I believe it was back in 2015, 2016 ish, around that time, and they've gone eliminated in the first round every single season, and they haven't made it past the second round since 2003, where they got swept in the uh, conference finals by the Ducks. It's been a suffering time. For uh, Minnesota fans, I mean, even Columbus has won more series than Minnesota in the past five years. 
Uh, they obviously won, have won two rounds in the past uh, couple of years. Minnesota not winning anything. And you got to be disappointed if you're a Wild fan. This felt like maybe your best chance. I mean, um, Philip Gustafson coming out of nowhere. I thought he had a fantastic playoffs. I thought even when the Wild lost, it was not his fault. I felt like he was one of the best goaltenders in the playoffs. Don't know why they threw Flurry in there. He's sounds like he's coming back uh, to Minnesota. It sounds like they're not going to flip anyone uh, in the goaltending department. Um, I thought Dean Evanson was not the problem here. I don't even know what the problem is here besides the offense really dried up. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov was shut down but effectively by the Stars. So was Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman did not have a great series at all. Um, Matt Dumba really didn't produce much or play the best defense. And I thought he was a huge issue for the wild. Um, I think they're okay moving forward. Obviously you have that huge cap crunch coming up with the Parise and Suter contract, uh, buyouts really taking effect uh, in the next couple of seasons. Uh, but I mean, as long as you have Kaprizov, it seems like Gustafson is going to be a force to be reckoned with, uh, going through it. Um, they're going to be okay. But on the Dallas side of things, I was really impressed with Rope Hints. I thought, uh, you know, their defense had a really, really good series. And Jake Onger was just impressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing I said with the Wilds um, before the series even started is they're going to have to get scoring from everybody. And they really didn't get scoring from the people they needed to. Kaprasov had one goal the whole series. Um, Zuccarello uh, was good the series, but he wasn't. I don't think he was that elite. And I mean, uh, Erickson Eck was playing hurt. I don't know how much he actually played in the series, but uh, he wasn't that effective. Hartman had the, the one, the overtime winner. But besides that, I just I just think that they didn't get enough scoring from the guys that they needed to to for to score for them. That hurt. That really hurt them a lot. But um, I I think that uh, overall Dallas was probably just the better team, better you know, just better top and talent, better depth, better defense, and a better goalie, and just overall having the better team put them over the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought uh, I think you hit the the nail right on the head. Um. Yeah, I think Dallas is a really impressive team. Again, we'll talk more about Dallas, but we both have. Dallas going through to the second round um, in our original predictions. We both said seven. This ended in six. Uh, so moving on to the next one, um, Edmonton and L.A. Uh, wow, this is not going the way that we thought it would go. Edmonton wins in six, defeating the Kings in a narrow one, a five to four victory um, on Saturday. And what now for the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings, especially the Kings, very, very disappointing playoffs for them. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. They had the series in their hand, up 3-0 at home, up 2-1 in the series, and you blow that game all downhill from there. Um, I think you got to put a decent amount of blame on coaching. I I, I liked Todd McClellan. Um, I thought he was a good coach for, you know, their rebuild and, you know, the first few years, but I think it might be time to move on from him. Um, 
the penalty kill was atrocious. The Oilers scored basically every time they got a power play. And I understand it's not the easiest thing to stop McDavid and Dreisaitl on the power play. But every time the Kings were going on the penalty kill, you just knew the Oilers were going to score. They were just they just went out there, the Kings penalty killers, and they were just like defeated, you know. And as a coach, it's just you know something that you you need a good penalty kill to win the playoffs. And just having a three nothing lead at home after the first period, if you're a coach, you cannot let that lead go. Uh, I'd, I'm not going to put all the blame on the coaching because the players also have to do their job. Um, and I actually think the top players stepped up. I think Kopitar, Kempe, Fiala, when he played, they were all really good. But uh, I, I think that the Kings' depth hurt them the most. Um, didn't get a ton. Blake was always hurt for a decent amount. Guys like Carl Grumstrom, Rasmus Kupari really didn't play great at all. And um, I thought that the defense kind of let them down a little bit. They did a good job stopping Dreisaitl and McDavid the first few games. But once they started to let up a little bit, then those two kind of took over and they weren't really able to contain them anymore. Um, Corpus Hall, it was good, though, I thought, the whole series. He was kept in a lot of the games. Yeah, I thought um, their defense was great at stopping Connor McDavid. That is something I will give him 100% credit for. I mean, McDavid didn't even have a single goal in the series until later on, and then the dams broke. And the main issue for that was that they could not stop Leon Dreisaitl. They couldn't stop uh, Evan Bouchard. Those were two players that really drove the dagger into L.A. Um, Corpus Allo, I thought, in the first couple of games was fantastic. And then, again, the dam broke. And I don't think that's all of his fault. I think he's a great goaltender. I think he's the best goaltender in L.A.'s system. Um, but when you're up 3 nothing, as you said, up 2-1 in the series, you cannot blow that lead. And I genuinely think if L.A. doesn't blow that lead, they win the series. But then they allowed the Oilers to creep back in it, including in the final couple of minutes, and win that OT. And then the whole series just shifted from that. And they were atrocious after that. Todd McClellan definitely uh, deserves the blame on this. I don't think he's that great of a coach. Someone who had Todd McClellan as his head coach for his favorite team, I can tell you that he's not very good at holding leads. He's not very good at you know, uh, coaching beyond a rebuild. I think he's a good rebuild coach. I think he's a good first year out of a rebuild coach. But beyond that, he hasn't really proved himself. He was an assistant coach in one of Detroit's Stanley Cup wins, but that was as an assistant coach, as a head coach. He hasn't done much. He's He didn't take Edmonton anywhere. Didn't really take San Jose anywhere, to be honest. And now with LA, it seems like they're just – running on a treadmill and Edmonds Edmondson's kind of become, you know, their Boston and Toronto shoes. Uh, we know Toronto has had issues with Boston. Um, it's kind of like Carolina and Boston too. Carolina had a lot of issues with Boston until recently. This is kind of becoming like that. And uh, for the Kings, I mean, it's I don't know what they do. Obviously, uh, Corpus Allo is, I believe, a free agent after the season. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so I wonder what they're going to do with their goaltending. I wonder what they do because they still have Cal Peterson. They still have uh, Phoenix Copley. Um, are they going to get another goaltender? Connor Hellebuck, Thatcher Demko maybe? Are they going to keep Corpus Allo? 
what they do in the goaltending department will really dictate how they do next year, along with what they do with the coaching staff. Um, I thought also the depth didn't score enough, and that could be – that's probably going to get addressed in the offseason because they aren't slammed against the cap or anything. They also The other thing also is that Fiala was injured and to begin the series, so I'm sure if he was healthy enough, I'm sure they would stand more of a chance um, to win the series. But I chose L.A. to win the series in seven – uh, Tyler, you had LA winning, right? Yeah, I had LA in seven. Also, I mean, um, I I just think that uh, the Kings they didn't lose the series; they just they beat themselves. I think that um, um, I think this this might have been good for them, just in the sense that this is the beginning of their their contending window. Besides Kopitar and Dowdy, um. They have a very young team with not a ton of playoff experience. Um, and I, I, I just think that, you know, as a group together, going through two tough first round exits like this, I think it's going to help them grow together as a group. And um, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they lost this series just because they're, they don't need to win the cup. This They didn't need to win the cup this year. Obviously, you want to win the cup this year, but they didn't need to. And uh, I think that this is just the very beginning of like a long contending window for them. Yeah, 100% agree. I think LA is going to be stacked for a while. Uh, it's just what what they do in the offseason that's going to be interesting. Hopefully they don't uh, over panic or anything, because I think that would be the worst thing to do, because um, I think there's a team that did that. We'll talk about in a long in a while. But, um, yeah, that's uh, Edmonton and L.A. Going on to our first massive upset of the first round, the Colorado Avalanche, defending Stanley Cup champions, already gone. Uh, the Seattle Kraken make sure there's a new Stanley Cup champion this season. They win the series 4-3, um, and they also win game 7 to the one Fun fact about the series is that the Kraken scored first in every single game. Huge reason why the Kraken won. Your thoughts on the series, Tyler? Well, we I think we both agree that the X factor would be goaltending and that we both thought the Kraken would lose because Grubhauer was really not good at all. And he was good in the playoffs. He had a 926 save percentage in the seven games. And he was good. I mean, I wouldn't say he was anything like elite, but I would say that he played the way the Kraken needed him to. He made the saves he needed to make, which is what they need to happen. I didn't think Georgiev was bad either. I just thought Grubauer was better. Yeah, I agree. I thought uh, Grubauer really like went from doormat to where the heck did this come from? Uh, coming out of nowhere. Um, I thought Georgiev was great. I would not place the series blame on Georgiev. And in fact, I there's only one place where I really put the blame on um, besides the injuries. This was a huge reason why the abs lost the series. No Gabriel Landis cog. Josh Manson was obviously not healthy. Um, Andrew Cogliano getting knocked out. Like there are a lot of players on this team yeah, that were gone the, and not back. The whole, uh, the whole Nichushkin thing, which that was who even so knows what happens. Like, yeah. What was that? I, I saw that on the way to work uh, the day it came out. I'm like, 
what the heck this is the most random thing ever um that's someone they really needed and what happens with him i don't even know that is uh questionable especially going into his first year on this massive contract that he has that's very worrisome for the colorado avalanche um i don't know where that even came from that was so random but that is part of the reason why the main reason why the abs lost was because they had no scoring besides nathan mckinnon and mika rantanen eventually like you can't be carried by these players even how good they are like i honestly do think mckinnon can win you a series he's one of those rare forwards that can actually win you a series but none of the goals came from the bottom six they were horrible and that's something that really shown really shown a light on evan rodriguez did not step up lars eller did not step up um arturi lechnin did not step up all these deaf players did not step up obviously there were some key forwards down there that were injured Darren Helm, I don't think, even played a game in the series. Andrew Cogliano Cogliano got knocked out. But in the end, like, you can't just rely on McKinnon and Rantanen to carry your team. And, again, I know Landis Cog was out. I know uh, Nachushkin was out. Um, But at a certain point in time, you need depth scoring. That's the huge reason why the Avs won the cup in the first place last season was because they had that. They had Nazem Kadri down there. They had other players like that down there. And even though I thought the Avs goaltending was better than last season, I thought McKinnon took another step this season. There was just no depth scoring. And that's something they really need to address in the off season. Yeah. I, I think that uh, a huge thing there. I mean, you pointed out some of these guys um, like Eller and Lekkinen who did, didn't do anything. But I think the, the one guy who really hurt them was JT Copper, who had a, a career year. I think he had 50-something points, and he just disappeared. He had one goal in the, the seven games. He had 52 points this year, 17 goals, which was a really good season breakout year for him. And he just absolutely disappeared in the playoffs. And, I mean – he was playing on like their, their second line. I mean, he was a guy that, you know, was good in the regular season that they could count on. And he also just disappeared. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I don't think the Kraken were the better team necessarily. I think that the, the avalanche outplayed them in, in some, some or a lot of the games, but that's because the Avs were also chasing in every single game. They constantly were falling down one, nothing, two, nothing, every single game. And uh, I think that, you know, like you said before, that that's the reason they lost because you can't be chasing in every single game. And most of the games they clawed back, you know, they tied yeah. it or even won the game. But uh it's just it wasn't it wasn't enough because you you can't especially in the playoffs, you can't be chasing and going down early in every single game. Yeah, and again, most of that was McKinnon and Ransonen really showing up and putting the team on his back. Um, you know, someone who did not show up for the cracking. I did not hear Maddie Veneer's name that much, um, at least scoring wise. I thought there were, I thought Oliver Bjorkstrand was fantastic, was out of this world. I thought Adam Larson was fantastic. I thought Jordan Eberly was great. Um, poor Jared McCann getting knocked out. That's that's a huge blow to the Kraken. I think that's really going to hurt them if he doesn't come back. But I mean, all these 
players really stepped up for the Kraken, and they had four lines going while the Abs only had the one. And I think that's the huge reason why the uh, the Kraken lost or Kraken won and the Abs lost. And we uh, we had the we obviously had the Abs winning. I think I had them winning in five. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, I, I had them in five or six. I I was super low in Grubauer. I thought that the Kraken yeah. were going to be able to steal a game or two. But, you know, the well, abs were just going to be too much overpower. Honestly, who wasn't low in Grubauer? I mean, I, we thought Martin Jones would start the playoffs, uh, and he didn't. And that's where we are now. Um, but moving on to the East, um, are you ready to talk about it? We did all the West series. We did do all the West oh, series. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was about okay. to say. But um, <laughs> are you ready to talk about your team? Yeah. All right, so uh, R.I.P. Tyler Cass's New York Islanders, they fall to the Carolina Hurricanes, go Canes, um, four to two in game, or sorry, they Carolina wins the series four to two, game six, two to one in OT. Paul Stasny uh, ends the Islanders season at UBS. Uh, Tyler, I mean, I'm going to pass it off to you immediately because this is your team, Uh how are you feeling, and uh, what do you think of the series? Yeah, I mean, they deserve to lose. Um, the Hurricanes and the Islanders had the same amount of goals on the Islanders' power play in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you're not, you can't win in the playoffs going, I think, one for 17 on a power play the entire series. And um, I'm not going to put the entire blame there, but, like, literally one or two more power play goals, and this is a totally different series. Um, especially game game six, um, Islanders have three or four power plays, couldn't capitalize on them, lose by a goal. Same thing in, in game two, um, can't score in a power play, lose again in overtime. Um, I mean, that's just what it came down to. The Islanders couldn't score on their opportunities. I mean, yeah. um, Sorokin kept them in a lot of the games. Most of the games were, were really close. Um, and then Brenda Moore just outcoached Lambert. Lambert was lost half the time. Um, <laughs> He was not making adjustments. Anytime the Canes brought any attack at all, the Islanders would just fold and let him score. Um, that's what it came down to. I mean, uh, yeah, they probably deserve to lose. I thought that if they, they score literally like two or three more power play goals, they could have easily won the series or taken it to seven games. But um, I think that it is a learning curve, not just for the team, but for the coaching staff. I mean, brand new coaching staff, first-year head coach. Um, I think they'll be back, but uh, this is a tough way to go out in a series that they probably could have won. Yeah, you know, I think this really shows a lot more, like, positivity on the Canes than negativity on the Islanders because the fact that the Hurricanes pulled this off without having Andre Svechnikov, without has, having Max Pacioretty, and without having Tivo Teravainen for a good majority of the series – I think that shows Rod Brindamore's coaching. And I know a lot of people were going into these playoffs saying, is Rod Brindamore just a regular season coach? And I think this proves that he isn't. Uh, He is a playoff coach as well. Um, I thought the Canes uh, did a lot of things correct. I wasn't too high on Freddie Anderson. I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people were saying that that game six performance was 
good. I thought it was okay at best. I really think they should go to Kochenkov or Ranta, not go to uh, Anderson, but that's probably who they start because he won their last game. Um, I thought the defense was incredible, and I think that's the difference between this year's Hurricanes from last year's Hurricanes is that they have Brent Burns, and Brent Burns was a huge factor in the Canes' uh, win in the series. Uh, um, they won a road game for the first time since uh, the 2021 playoffs. Thank God that's over. That was that was painful, I'm sure, for even the Canes. Um, Sebastian Ajo was incredible in the series. Um, like, I can't say enough about him. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. And again, Rod Brennamore really showed that his coaching was incredible on the underside of things. Uh, I thought their goaltending was terrific. I really do think, like, no blame at all should go to Shesterkin. Um, I, I, this might frustrate you, but I don't think Bo Horvat was that good this series. I think he really struggled. To be fair, he hasn't played a lot of playoff hockey recently. No offense, Vancouver. Um, I just really thought he struggled. And, um, I think the main thing about the Islanders is you're correct. Lane Lambert hasn't been a head coach in a playoff situation. I thought he was out coached. Um, I thought the that Bo Horvat should have stepped up more. I mean, they obviously paid him uh, a lot of money. They traded a lot to get him. I believe he only scored two points or something in the in the series, and you guys score more than that. Yeah, uh, I didn't think Corvette played terrible, but I mean, uh, he definitely could have could have put the puck in the net more. Um, I think that Barzell came back a little too early, which is going to happen. I think he was playing hurt. It was pretty obvious. Um, same thing with two other guys. Romanov was kind of rushed back, but they needed him badly. And I, I mean, it's the playoffs, so guys are going to play through injuries. But um, yeah, Corvette probably could have. I don't think he was terrible, but. Um, yeah, you, you kind of expect more points and production out of a guy that, you know, you traded for and gave him the big contract. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he was not a huge profile player like this, then I think it would be fine. But the fact that the Islanders traded a lot to get him and then paid him a lot of money uh, is is just unacceptable to have that low point percentage in the playoffs. And then I thought Adam Pelich was not that great in that last game, especially with that turnover uh, to force the Paul Stasny OT goal. Yeah. Um, he, Pelich, uh, I, I personally think he, he's hurt. I mean, uh, yeah. he was, he was hurt. He got injured a, a while ago and he, ever since he came back, uh, he was just not him, his usual self. Um, he struggled a little bit more this year. Um, he, his problem was this year was, and this is the problem with the entire entire Islanders team was they love just flipping the pucks out, just making stupid passes, not looking where they want to play to. They just kind of fire the puck up the boards, and um, that's something that they didn't do under Trots. So um, I, I think that it just came back at the end to to bite them. Just a stupid missed clear that didn't need to happen cost them the uh the game and this eventually the series yeah uh, i actually thought i thought ryan Pollock was the best player on the islanders that series besides maybe sorokin and I maybe agree. in the entire series i might put 
uh, Aho above him, but Polak was just unreal. He he had probably the best playoff series uh, of his career. Actually, he was really good against Tampa. Uh, if you remember that the puck he saved on the goal line, yeah, I do. In game four, but yeah, he's just a he's just a ridiculous playoff player. And uh, I mean, I thought he was incredible. Yeah. Um, one last thing, I, I you mentioned it, but that power play was atrocious and that's something you need to improve if you want to uh, win a playoff run moving on they finally did it Tyler the curse is over they finally won a playoff series after losing to uh, I'll go in chronological order Washington Boston Boston Columbus Tampa or sorry Montreal Tampa Tam- or not Tampa this time because they finally beat them they have won a playoff series, and by they, I mean the Toronto Maple Leafs winning game six in overtime. John Tavares ends yet another playoff drought. Um, they take out the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games, and this was at times a mismatch series. If you look at the underlying numbers, you wonder how Toronto managed to win this, but they finally did it. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean Tampa. I still think that they're they're a good team, um, and and that they they probably would have won this series if uh, some things happened differently. Uh, we saw Brady points goal get called back. Uh, we saw a missed high stake. I this was the series where I thought the officiating was the worst. I I agree. I thought that some of the games the refs just completely took over. Um, I'm not going to say Toronto got lucky because I think they played well, but yeah. I think that, you know, if the point goal stands, you know, if a few penalties don't go in the way of Toronto, um, then I, I think that Tampa wins this, this series. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from Toronto because they did play good, but um, I, I just think that, that Vasilevsky also did not play good at all. I mean, we've seen him absolutely take over series carry the lightning at times and this series he really let them down um i think his he had a save percentage under 900 in the the six games which is not what we expected at all and i mean uh it's just that kind of cost the lightning the series they also think tampa was a a little banged up so yeah. that hurt no, them. toronto looked like completely healthy so yeah um, um congrats to the maple though yeah, for sure. Uh, someone uh, who really stood out to me in the series are the two Rileys. And I'm talking about Ryan O'Reilly and Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley had a fantastic playoffs, okay? Like, I am not even going to sugarcoat it. He had an incredible playoffs. Like, man, I think Toronto would be going to Game 7 without him and potentially losing the series. And I think Ryan O'Reilly was a huge part why they won the series because he provided a lot of death scoring which is something that Toronto has also struggled with and going to the negatives on Toronto I still felt like the core four besides maybe Tavares did not do enough I thought Matthews was invisible for the most part until around game six I thought William Nylander and Mitch Marner weren't that good except in that one blowout game uh, Tavares are obviously showed up for game six scoring the OT goal, but I don't think the core four was that great. I think 
their defensive scoring and their death scoring really helped them out. And going on to goaltending, I I don't think Samsonov was the best goaltender in the playoffs. I don't even think he's in the top three or top five, but he played his heart out. And I think that was the best goaltending that Toronto has had in any of their playoff runs. I just genuinely think he's that good. Um, even though he didn't play up standards on the Tampa Bay side, Braden Point was impressive. The fact that he went through his playoff probably with broken ribs, at least that's what it looks like, um, is impressive. And I thought uh, Stamkos was impressive. Um, Kucherov was okay, but the huge players that I worry about here, um, obviously Andre Vasilevsky, that was a terrible playoff performance but by any standards. I think he was honestly the worst goaltender in the whole playoffs, maybe besides Connor Hellebuck uh, and maybe Vitek Vancek. But I just think Vasilevsky was not that great. I think he was terrible. Another player that was absolutely abysmal was Tanner Janot. That trade is shaping up to be one of the worst trades ever. That, ah, the fact that they traded away so many picks to get a guy they healthy scratched at points in time is just terrible. Yeah, I'm actually gonna gonna disagree with you on the point that the big players didn't show up because I thought that Matthews and Marner were extremely good in the series. I thought both of them showed up and were great. And this might be, be a hot take, but I honestly think the best player in the series was Matthew Nyes. I mean, maybe, 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 actually, Riley might have been the best, but forward wise, I think Nyes was their best forward because every time I turned on the game, Nice was on the ice doing something noticeable. I noticed him every single shift, every time he was on the ice. And part of that was because he was playing with Matthews and Marner. They put him up there on the top line, but he was just constantly getting them chances. He had three assists in the five games he played. He saved the goal. He had that sick play on the goal line. I just, every time he's on the ice, he was doing something noticeable. And I thought he was unreal, especially for a rookie to be doing that on your first playoff series. And in like your, your first 10 NHL games, it's just super impressive. Yeah, uh, he must uh, feel like he lives in Florida now because, you know, obviously the Frozen Four was in Tampa. He plays in Tampa this round, and now he's going to Miami next round. But, yeah, actually, I'm going to resend the uh, the point that not all the core four uh, did well because, actually, Mitchell Marner had 11 points. I did not know that. That that snuck by me. Um, and, yeah, and Matthews had five goals in the six games. That's actually not bad. I don't know. I just maybe it's because I didn't watch. I uh, I think it was game four and game five, um, but I watched all the ever games. Maybe like I didn't see enough of their production. I don't know, but I apologize. Um, I I do think that depth scoring was a huge reason why Toronto won the series, and I do think uh, Samsonov playing you know decent goaltending is another reason why they won the series. Again, that Tanner Janot trade, I, I got to keep coming back to that because that is, is shaping up to be one of the worst trades, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I right now the trade looks absolutely awful, but um, I just – the only reason that I don't think that they're going to lose sleep over the trade is because you have two Stanley Cups 
And, yeah. you know, that first pick, that first round pick, um, as much as it sucks to lose in, in a stacked draft, I mean, I don't think you're going to lose a ton of sleep over over it just because you already have a solid team there. You know, Tampa, I don't think their window is is over or close to being over. I think they still have four or five years of competitive playoff hockey left. Yeah. I mean, as long as – I still think Stamkos has three or four years left. Obviously, Kucherov, Point Vazilev, you're all there long term. I think as long as those guys are there, you're you're playing competitively. So I – I, I just think that the trade is bad, but, you know, Tampa is sitting there. They're not losing sleep over it, that front office. But um, Nashville is probably celebrating right now because they're going to get a really good pick out of it in a good draft. Yeah, I bet Nashville's very happy out of this. Um, so, yeah, Toronto finally winning the series and going on to a massive surprise, perhaps the biggest upset in NHL history. We'll talk about it in a second, but Boston Bruins embarrassing themselves. Florida, moving on, they win the series in seven, in OT, in the seventh game, for the three. The Panthers, not even supposed to be making the playoffs. They are in round two. Tyler, I mean, massive upset. What can you say about this one? No, um, first of all, something about Sergei Bobrovsky taking down the best teams in NHL history I, I don't know yeah. the guy just loves to do it um but to me it just you know it just felt like the broom was here just being like cocky you know I get Bergeron wasn't completely healthy but you know they rested him in the first like three or four games of the series Krejci didn't play a few games it felt like they were being cocky like they felt like they had the series in their hands and Florida took advantage of that because Florida knew that the series wasn't over and they just wanted it more you could see it, uh, especially in that overtime in Game Seven. The Bruins had nothing. Florida was all over them. Yeah. And I mean, um, I, I think that Jim Montgomery is a good coach. I think he did a, a great. Uh, I just think that he didn't do a good enough job to to. They needed to win one game. They were up three one coming back home to Boston. I think if you're a head coach, then of especially a team that had the season that the Bruins had, you shouldn't even let the Panthers think that they have a chance. You should have been all over them, especially in that game five coming back home after they took two games on the road in Florida. Um, I think that a lot of that has to do with coaching. Um, I I also think that a lot of their their players didn't perform. Um, I think Pasternak was great. I thought Tyler Bertuzzi was great. Oh, yeah. I thought that Hall Hall was great for the first like four games. But besides that, I can't even pick out a player that was really great. Bergeron was not good. He was obviously hurt. DeBrus was not good. Their defense, McAvoy, was atrocious, in my opinion. Um, Orlov really wasn't that good. I just think that besides, like, Pasternak, um, Bertuzzi, and some of Taylor Hall, all of their players underperformed. Um, and then the goaltending, obviously. Um, I'm not going to say they were bad, but... I think Swayman was very good in game seven, um, especially that overtime. There were a few times that there should have scored. He kept the Bruins alive. Mm -hmm. um, Omark was good in some of the games. He had a few where he wasn't great. I'm not going to put all of the blame on goaltending because uh, I, I think that they were solid. Not anything crazy. I think this is what I expected from the Bruins goaltending. Um, two guys who not a ton of playoff experience, who had good regular seasons, but I was expecting them to be average. Um, at the end of the day, the Panthers just wanted it more. 
and I think you could see that on the ice. The Bruins kind of let 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 back, let the Panthers get into the series, and you know they they just let the Panthers take it right from them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm gonna start with the goaltending for the Bruins. I think um, they should have switched to Swayman in Game Six because it was obvious it was obvious that Olmark was hurt. Um, and it was revealed that Olmark was hurt. So why do you not go to Swayman? Um, I don't think uh, the Game 7 loss was Swayman's fault at all. I thought he played really well. Um, as you mentioned, I thought Bertuzzi had an impressive playoffs. I thought he was one of the only players on that side of the ice that was incredible and should not be placed any blame on him. And I think Boston should try to go after him. I don't think they have the cap space to you especially after this playoff performance, but he's someone that was impressive. I thought Pasternak, as you mentioned, was impressive. Um, the Taylor Hall curse continues. He cannot make it past the first round. Obviously, with the Coyotes, he did win a round, but it technically wasn't the first round. Um, with the Devils, he only made it to the playoffs once. With the Oilers, he didn't make it at all. And now with the Bruins, uh, another first-round elimination. Um, I thought coaching was uh not the best and i do like jim montgomery as a coach i do actually think he's a really good coach you look at what he did in dallas and he took them all the way to game seven in the second round so you know he can win you around i just think uh you know this is his first year being back in the head coaching position since 2019 um so i don't think you can place all the blame on him although i do think you should place some blame on him no one else showed up besides Pasternak, uh, Bertuzzi, and Hall for those four games. And the fact that um, the Bruins had a 3-1 lead in the series, they had multiple leads throughout those last couple of games, and Marshawn was about to end the series on a breakaway, the fact you could not seal it shows to me this is the biggest upset, I think, since the miracle in Manchester way back in the seventies when the uh, LA Kings, the low seed LA Kings took down the Edmonton Oilers led by Wayne Gretzky. I honestly think that's why it's the biggest upset since then, because the Bruins had multiple chances to put it away. They didn't, uh, no one knew this was going to happen. Arguably even in game seven, no one thought that the Bruins were going to lose. Meanwhile, with the Lightning, obviously, that's going to be the one that everyone points to as the biggest upset. Everyone knew by game three they were going to get swept or at least eliminated in five. Um, and on the Panther side of things, let's talk about Matthew to Chuck for a second. What a sweet deal that's looking to be for uh, Florida. I know when everyone was first reacting to that trade, they were like, they're just making a trade to make a trade. But it's turned into such an amazing deal for Florida not a fantastic one yet for Calgary, although obviously this one's going to require a bit of time, but Matthew Chuck, what an impressive series by him. I thought he was great. Brandon Montour, he was impressive. That's something I didn't think I would be saying. Carter Verhey, uh, man, he continues his dominant play from the, um, the first, uh, for, sorry, from the regular season. He was impressive. He's someone that I think Tampa's going to really look at and say, I wish we kept him. I think he's just been such a great player for them. I thought goaltending was subpar 
I don't think even Bobrovsky was all that great. I thought Line was decent, probably the better out of the two, maybe. I don't know. Um, I just thought they were subpar, but somehow Paul Maurice, who we said was one of the worst coaches in the playoffs, um, you know, they they uh they did it, they pulled this upset, and it's impressive. And I now have a lot of respect for that Panthers team. Yeah, um, I I think I'm going to give Paul Maurice his credit. I think he did an incredible job. Um, from what I saw with the Bruins all season is their whole thing was going into games knowing that they were better than the team that they were playing. They knew we're going to go into this game, we're going to win this game. And, you know, they did that all regular season, had such an incredible year. And coming into this playoffs, Paul Maurice took them off their entire flow. Anytime, you know, they, they got a lead, they – the, the Bruins got a lead. The Bruins thought they had the series. Paul Maurice just made sure that they were never comfortable with what they yeah. were doing, which is not what they're expected. All season, they were comfortable. You know, they knew that they were better than any team that they were playing. And the Panthers just, just came in and every single game made sure the Bruins were not comfortable. They took them off their flow. They, they completely exploited the defense, in my opinion. I thought the Bruins' defense was very bad, especially those last three games. Yeah, and I said I said it earlier. I thought McAvoy was atrocious. I think he was very bad, um, especially the last three games that the Panthers won. The Bruins just looked completely like clueless. They had, their defense had like no structure, and I just think that was a veteran head coach taking advantage of of a guy who hadn't coached in a few years and and just being able to use his, you know, his knowledge of the game to just, you know, pick apart a team that is was better than them. Yeah, I think I think another or a reason why uh, the Bruins lost was because their passing was atrocious. Like, even just watching that those couple of minutes in OT, they would run into each other or fail to make an easy pass. And I think that's a huge reason why they lost that series, especially in game seven. I, I was just cringing every time they tried passing the puck because it was awful. It was some of the worst passing I've seen in the playoffs. And this is coming from a Boston team that, you know, we've talked a lot about the Pasternak, uh, Marchand, Bergeron line um, and their synergy together. And now, like, now they're out. And you wonder what the Bruins are going to do now because Patrice Bergeron is probably gone. Um, Halfway is gone. Orlov is probably gone. Um, Bertuzzi might be gone. All these players might be gone. And who knows uh, if the Bruins will be as good as they were. They definitely won't. Uh, not as, not uh, record-breaking as they are. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I still like Jim Montgomery as a head coach a lot. I think uh, he's going to have a bounce back year next season. But I do wonder what's happening in the Bergeron and what they do in the offseason. Yeah, um, I, th- I think we talk more about that when we get to the offseason. But I just think that the Bruins, they, they really felt the pressure. Just And you could see it in those last few games. You know, they came off this, like, perfect season. I think they, they all just felt they had to be perfect. Like, every goal, every pass had to be perfect. And it just put way too much pressure on them. And it just led to them just, you know, not playing hockey the way that they know they can play. They just, you know, they tried to be too fancy, tried to be too perfect, which is not what you need. You just need to play the simple game in the playoffs. 
and the Panthers did that. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I think the Panthers just, they wanted it more and you could see it on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going on to the last series. Ah, man. Uh, the New Jersey Devils win game seven against the New York Rangers. Yay. Uh, for the first time since 2012, the Devils win a playoff round. It's against the supposed super team in the New York Rangers. Uh, they defeat the Rangers in game seven for nothing. I uh, win the series in seven thoughts about the, uh, the Hudson rivalry. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think this is the similar one with, with the, uh, the Kings where the, the, the devils didn't win the series. The Rangers just lost it. The Rangers had the series in their hand up to nothing going home. Absolutely destroyed the devils in the first two games. Yeah. And then um, we, we had a, Gerard Gallant's masterclass, which he does on every single team that he's been to, has a great first year, and then they go on a nice run. Everyone thinks they have such a bright future, and then just completely collapses. Does not know how to make a single in-game adjustment. Does not know how to make his team prepared for big games. Um, and um, I'm not gonna say he got out coached because I still don't think Lindy Ruff is a great coach. I just think Lindy Ruff didn't have to really do much. He just had to go send out his players and they executed the way they needed to. Jack Hughes was great. Um, their depth was amazing. Holo had a great series. Um, Tatar I thought was pretty good. Um, and they didn't need their big guys to perform. Obviously, Jack Hughes performed, but Meyer did nothing. I thought Jesper Bratt was not that good, but um and I, I, this is a confusing series because I feel like none of the players that we expected to do good did good except for Jack Hughes. Panarin was awful. Zibanejad was awful. Kane didn't do a ton. Um, Tarasenko was okay. He had a few – the first few games he was good. But besides that, it was just all like the the depth guys and the Rangers depth guys were awful. Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, Goudreau, Mont all did absolutely nothing. Devils depth guys, um, Hala, Mercer – um, Tatar, McLeod were all amazing, and that's just what it came down to. Yeah, um, I'm gonna disagree with you on one thing there. I thought the Rangers' fourth line of the Gaudreau line, I thought you know, even though they didn't pop up on the score sheet, they probably had the best like zone pressure of any Rangers line in the uh, in the last couple of games. Um, and let me let me go back to Gerard Glant. For a second because i thought he was a great coach in vegas up until the end you know i i said may, maybe he'll be decent in new york and then i saw what he did in the first season and i was like okay i'm no longer a gerard Gallant fan i thought he was atrocious in the series i thought he was one of the main reasons why the rangers lost his inability to adjust to uh deficits was incredible good job Gallant. like the fact that you do not change up your lineup after New Jersey scores two straight goals on you and you continue to put out the same lines that shoot the puck once and then the Devils flip it out and they do nothing for a good three minutes is stupid. I, I don't know how you do that. Like, you have to adjust. The only line that was playing great in that in that game seven was the Gaudreau line. And they didn't get on the score street sheet because you were – you got Akira Schmidt, 
coming out of nowhere. You know, I don't think he was even an A-plus goaltender. I thought he was a good goaltender, but I don't think he was, like, on injury level. Uh, it was just the Rangers didn't show up. Artemi Panarin was absolutely horrible. Mika Sabanajan was absolutely garbage. I thought Patty Kane was okay. He had his moments here and there. I think it was game two where he scored that incredible goal. Vladimir Tarasenko, probably the best uh, Rangers player besides one other one, who I'll get to in a second. I thought Adam Fox was absolutely horrible. I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league, especially that first goal in game seven. Holy crap, that was awful to give up. How do you even give that up? You're one of the best players, supposedly, our deep defenseman in the league and you give up that crappy goal. That's not okay. Um, the Rangers defense was awful. And the fact that you're, you do all of these trades during the trade deadline, you get Patty Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, Tyler Mott, and you, you blow a two nothing lead in the series. You get shut out in game seven. Like that's not okay. And the Rangers should take this away as a complete failure. They're going to – I already see it. They're going to waste Shesterkin's career again, just like they did the Lundquist. They, they're going to do it because the Devils outcoached them, they outplayed them, they outscored them, and the only department where the Rangers did better in was their goaltending. And the Devils – I mean, Jack Hughes was incredible in the series. I think he was the best player in this whole series – the fact that he was able to, to score these beautiful goals, he had like 50 breakaways throughout the series, which is another reason why the Rangers lost, because they were they were slow. They were lazy. And, like, the most random players showed up for, for New Jersey. Timo Meyer was awful. The only thing that you really saw him for was in Game 7 when he was just completely demolished by the pylon known as Jacob Truba. Jasper Bratt, the only reason, the only thing he did good was score an empty net goal in game seven. He was atrocious. The defense wasn't even that great, besides maybe Dougie Ham Hamilton for the Devils. But the Devils had players that showed up, like Eric Halla. He was also fantastic in the series. And Akira Schmid, I mean, fantastic series by him. I think he's a good goaltender. I don't think he outplayed Shesterkin, though. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. And even Lindy Ruff, like you said, I don't think he's that great of a coach. But Gerard Gallant needs to get fired ASAP. He, the ESPN guys were saying, oh, he was a great in the series. He shouldn't be blamed. No, it is absolutely his fault why, he, why they lost the series. And I'm not even a Rangers fan. I'm going off because this was so frustrating to watch game seven. And now I have to hear it from Trey Matthews that the, the Rangers won, or sorry, the Rangers lost devils won. And man, like this is, um, this is a total abomination by the Rangers. I think they should hang their heads in shame again. Like you said, that kid line that everyone was like, Oh my God, they're so hot. They're so good. And last year's playoffs, they were atrocious. Lafreniere needs to get traded. Kako needs to get traded. It it needs to happen. And I think the Rangers really need to crack down on people who want to live in New York and people who actually want to compete to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'll give props to the Devils defense because I thought that they were good. Um, I thought 
especially John Marino. I thought he was John Marino was fantastic. You're, you're right. John Marino was absolutely fantastic. I'm talking about the uh, the Kevin Balls or the Jonas Siegenballers that someone told me that they're going to be great players. Siegenballer was uh, scratched. <laughs> I, I I thought that their top four D was very good between Severson, Hamilton, um, uh, uh John Marino. Uh, I thought that, that they were pretty good. I thought that uh, I didn't think Steve Dollar was terrible. I thought he was okay. Kevin Ball was not that good as Kevin Ball, but I mean, like Marino Hamilton were great. I thought I thought Ryan Graves also had a really good series. Yeah, I mean, again, it's simple to figure out how the Rangers lost the series. They lost because they were outcoached, and they lost because no one showed up. Besides Terrace yeah, the first I'm, couple games, they. They really like if I was a if I was a Rangers fan, like I, I don't even know what to think because they had the series in their head. You were up two nothing. You destroyed you came in to the Devils home, the Prudential Center, and destroyed them for two games. They had no life. The Devils looked awful. They looked lost. Then you go back home with a two one series lead to MSG and blow it. Like that's just that's just insane. Even in Game 7, they had all the momentum going to Game 7, and then they get shut out. And poor Igor, Igor Shosturkin. It's going to be another Henrik Lundqvist story. I'm already calling it. I mean, I, I think that – that um, I, I don't think that Shosturkin um, necessarily asks out – but uh, I'm just I'm I'm gonna say that if they they don't get him any help because you saw him he was mad he was yelling at the bench at times during the game during TV breaks he would come over to the bench and say that they are not playing well that they need to play better and that he was you could see he was visibly upset with his team and um that's not what you want from your franchise goalie I don't think he he ever asks out but I just think if they don't get him help um you know. He's, he's a free agent in three or four years, you know, then he's not going to want to come back. I mean, we're still a few years away from that, but yeah. this team is – like, ever since the Rangers have such a bright future, but their their young guys are not producing at all. Panarin and Zibanejad are only getting older, and we've seen – obviously having great regular season, we've seen them do absolutely nothing in the playoffs. They're going to be crunched for cap. They have triple locked up in an awful contract. Oh it's just – it feels like they're – it just feels like their window was is like last year, this year, and like the next one or two years, and then it feels like they're gonna have to just go back and rebuild again. That that's what I think. But well, the I mean, other, we'll see. the other thing is, I'll mention this, and we'll we'll do uh, one last look over the Eastern Conference, and then we'll go into round two. Um, Jacob Trubo is absolutely awful. The only reason why he was even mentioned in the uh, in the series was because he did that. Huge hit on Timo Meyer. So, um, but anyway, um, going back, we forgot to mention who we picked in each series: the Hurricanes and the Islanders series. I chose the Hurricanes six. Uh, Tyler, you had the Islanders winning. It was in six or yeah, seven. Yeah, I picked the Islanders. I think I had the Islanders in seven, but you know. Um, Toronto versus Tampa. We both had Tampa winning, correct? Yeah, I tapped in seven. Yeah, same. Uh, Boston versus Florida. We both had Boston winning. Uh, I think I had in five. Did you have him in more? Yeah, I had him in, in six, I think. Maybe five. Five or six. 
And then the Rangers and the Dodgers. I had the Rangers winning in seven. I had the Rangers in six. I I thought the Devils were going to be good, but they I didn't think the Devils were even that good. I just think the Rangers didn't. You know, the Rangers are content, you know, going and play on those nice New York golf courses. You know, they're they'll they'll be they'll be happy tomorrow on their running around on their golf course. Yeah, I'm sure Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Pernarin will be like, yeah, at least I get to live in New York. Um, but moving on to round two, we have some great playoff matchups, like the first one that we'll be talking about, the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Florida Panthers round two. Um, both of these teams have struggled uh, getting into the playoffs uh, for, you know, between 2004 and uh last year or the year before where Florida made the playoffs. Um, and both these teams have struggled to win first round series. Obviously the Florida uh, Panthers exercised their demons last season, uh, Toronto doing theirs this season. And now we have the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Florida Panthers. Your thoughts uh, on the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs matchup. I'm going to, do a, a very hot take here. Um, I, I'm probably going to be wrong with this, but I'm going to say the Maple Leafs are going to sweep the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying this, this feels the same exact thing as 2019. Um, Columbus swept the 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 Lightning. You know, such a good team. Everyone is like, oh, this Columbus team is is actually good. They're legit. They go and play the Bruins, and they just do absolutely nothing. They get destroyed. Um, this feels just like that. Um, I think that they're similar where they both have Dabrowski. They both have one guy who is just absolutely goes off for them. Um, surprisingly, Panarin was absolutely insane for Columbus in that playoff series. Um, and Tachuk was just absolutely insane for the Panthers. But I just, I don't know. <laughs> the Leafs just, they scare me now. I've said it before. I think they could go all the way. But I just, I my my thing is, I think the Panthers just, they, you know, they're, they're feeling high right now, but I think that they just go into Toronto, lose two games, get overpowered by their offense. Um, I think I, I'm a fan of the Panthers' defense, but I just think that they're going to be too – I didn't think Eklad was that good. I think Montour kind of carried them. I think that guys like Gudis and, like, Mark Stahl are just going to get absolutely exposed by the Panthers – I mean, the Maple Leafs' speed and skill. And uh, I, I don't know. I just – I think the Panthers are good, but I just I this feels the same exact as 2019, where you have a, a underdog team beat a really good team and then just come back down to earth and really do nothing. That's that's the way I see it. So looking at the stats real quick, Austin Matthews leads the Maple Leafs with five goals. Chuck leads the Panthers with four. Assist wise, Marner uh, has six to lead the Leafs. Verhege has six to lead the Panthers. Points wise, Morgan Riley leads the team uh, for the Leafs with eight and Matthew Tuchuk with eight. If we look at goaltending, Sergei Bobrovsky, a 3-1-0 and record with a 3.94 goals against average and a .891 save percentage. And then you have Ilya Samsonov with a 4-2 and nothing record and a goals against average of 3.14, a save percentage of .900. Uh Oh, man, before I, I share my prediction, um, I really like Toronto's depth. I really like Florida's star power. I like 
Florida's defense a little bit more, especially if the uh, Barkov we all know comes back. Um, and this is this is going to be a hard, hot take. This is going to be hotter than your hot take. I'm predicting the Florida Panthers to win this series in seven, and I I think I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> I think this is a terrible choice. Um, I don't think this is the logical choice, but I think this is the choice that my gut is telling me to make. Listen, the Panthers were in the second round last year. They know what it takes to be in the second round now. It's the first time the Maple Leafs have won a playoff series and been in the second round since 2004. I just do not – I cannot take it. Toronto with the series because I just don't trust them. If they win this series, I think they they might go to all the way to the cup. But for right now, I'm taking the Florida Panthers to win the series in seven. Very hot take. I am probably going to be absolutely wrong, but I'm taking the Panthers, baby. You know, Steve Dangle doing his little uh, little picture uh thing is gonna haunt them too but uh and you you said you're taking the Leafs to sweep them yeah I just I don't know I, I really don't think this Panthers team is that good I just think that that they wanted it more than the Bruins it's kind of like you know we got over the Bruins yay that's like they're the Panthers Stanley Cup I think they come back down to earth now um I think that you know maybe they don't sweep maybe they win a game but I just I think the Leafs thing was all mental they finally got over the hump, got to the second round, and I think they're just riding the high right now. I think they know that they could win the series. They know they could go all the way. I think their confidence is just at, at an all-time high right now. Um, that I just, I just think that Toronto's going to ride ride this one out, and they're, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I can't see, like, uh, I, I just can't see the 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 Panthers just beating them in a seven-game series. Just the on paper, the roster is just of Toronto is just so much better, and I just I really think that that Florida's defense is going to struggle. Um, obviously the Bruins had like top end guys like Pasta and um, Marshawn. I just think the Leafs are just a more skilled team; they're faster. I think that you have like three lines of just constant skill and speed, and that the Panthers' defense is made up a lot of a lot of slower guys who who are good at like keeping you to the outside but i think if toronto plays like a, a a fast chip and chase game they could easily beat these guys to pucks that get dumped in deep they could uh easily you know easily beat them on like one-on-ones and stuff so i don't know i just i think that toronto just they have such a better team now and that they finally got over this hump they just have all this confidence they're just gonna ride the high and just uh go go as far as they can go uh, next series, uh, Carolina versus New Jersey. In the last five games, uh, Carolina with goals is Sebastian Ajo, the leader for New Jersey's Eric Halla with three also. Uh, for assists, Brent Burns with three uh, for the Canes and for the doubles, Nico Heischer with four. For the Canes, Sebastian Ajo uh, with points of six and then Eric Halla with five for the doubles. And then you look at the goaltending, Akira Schmid 
Uh, 4-1-0 with a 1.38 goals against average and a 0.951 save percentage. Auntie Ranta with a 3-2-0 record with a 2.59 goals against average and a save percentage of 0.906. We look at Freddie Anderson's record too, a 1-0-0 record with a 0.91 goals against average and a 0.971 save percentage. This is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Carolina just barely squeaked it out. The uh, Metropolitan Division champion uh, from the Devils. Um, what what do you see going on in this series? Uh, this is the series that I'm the most torn on. I just I don't really know. I just I think Carolina is you know they're injured right now. They uh they. They're coming off a, a series where um, they they didn't necessarily play that great. They just kind of got it. They just the Islanders kind of just beat themselves, also. But um, <laughs> and the you know, the Devils are coming off a big game seven win. The only thing that that worries me is is Lindy Ruff. Um, I didn't think he did a great job in the first round, but I didn't think he had to. I think Gallant just kind of. I would coach himself if that makes sense, uh, or didn't really coach at all. So, um, I I I think that the Hurricanes win this series based off their experience. Jordan Stahl is so good. I think that he, him and his line, Jesper Faust. I think they just lock down um, the Devils' offense. I just think that the the Hurricanes just they have just more experience, and I think that's going to put him over the top. I'm going to go Hurricanes in seven. I could see the Devils winning this series just because the Hurricanes are injured. They might have some trouble scoring. But I think just overall, the Hurricanes experience will put them over the top. Yeah, um, I think first off, I think the Canes have the better character. I think Rod Moore is one of the best coaches in the league. I think uh, fully healthy, the Canes have the better defense. I think Brent Burns added to that defense, like I've said, with Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea. Uh, that defense, that top four at least, is way better than the Devils' defense. Um, I think looking at offense, I think with Sveshkov out, with Pacioretty out, I think this is uh, this is a uh, meh. Uh, this is a toss-up, honestly, um, because I can see either team uh, squeaking out a better offense. I like Devils' offense of Nico Heischer, of Jack Hughes, Eric Halla. But I also like the offense of the Canes with Sebastian Ajo, with um, Seth Jarvis, with others, uh, Marty Natchez. Um, goaltending is what it really goes down to. Who are you going to rock in that? Uh, Schmidt, obviously, for the Devils, but the Canes have three great goaltenders. I think Ranta was was decent in round one. I think Anderson was iffy in game uh, game six, even though he had great numbers. And I think Kochenkov is the best out of all of them. I really do think they should consider going to him. Um, but to me, I think it all comes down to um coaching and I think Rod Brendamore is the better coach and I really like the Canes I I mean in the beginning of the season I had the Canes winning the President's Trophy going all the way to the Stanley Cup final um obviously they did not win the President's Trophy but they are in the second round and this is a tough one because I really do think the Devils are a decent team um that's why I 
chose the series in the first round to go all the way to seven. And maybe I shouldn't bet against the Devils, but I'm doing it again. I think the Carolina Hurricanes win in seven games. I just think they're the more experienced team. I think they're the better coach team. And depending on the goaltender, I think they have the better goaltending and they have the better defense. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. I just think experience goes a long way in the playoffs. And and that, you know, the, the Hurricanes just – they they have the guys that can shut down the Devils. Um, I like I said, Jordan Stahl I think can easily uh, shut down Hughes and his line. Um, I think that if if they do a good job of shutting down the Devils' off- offense, that they'll easily be able to get a goal or two a game. Um, especially from Aho, who is so good, in the, yeah. especially in the first round. Um, that I I think that they're going to do a good job of just being able to just win, you know, just win games. Um, I think that I, they're, I think they're a great overtime team. I think that, that especially they like keeping games close, you know, they're not afraid to take tie games into overtime. And I think that'll, that'll help them out, especially against the, you know, an inexperienced Devils team, you know, who has not really faced a ton of pressure. Did they the Rangers game had one overtime, right? Uh, the, the Hamilton winner at MSG. Yeah, Doug so Hamilton yeah, like MSG. I just, I just think that I feel like this this series will feature a lot of close, like uncomfortable games, which I yeah. think is the type of hockey that the Canes want to play. And I think just based on that, the Devils are going to be like uncomfortable, and just um, I think that the Canes are going to take advantage of that and uh, essentially squeak out an extra win over them. I still think the series goes seven. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I They need to shut down Jack Hughes, and that's something the Rangers had issues with. Uh, going on to the Western series, uh, Dallas Stars versus Seattle Kraken. In the past five games, Rope Hints with four goals, Jane Schwartz for the Kraken with two, and assist Rope Hints again with seven assists, Yanni Yord with three, and then points-wise in the past five, Rope Hints with 11 points and Yanni Gord with four points. And then you look at the goaltending, uh, Philip Grubauer, a 4-3-0 record, a 2.44 goals against average, and a save percentage of 0.926. Jake Onger on the other side, a 4-2-0 record, a 2.01 goals against average, and a save percentage of 0.929. The Seattle Kraken winning their first ever playoff series. Do you think their momentum continues? Oh, no. I mean, I was pretty low on the crack in the first round. I'm kind of low on them again. Um, I think the Stars win the series just based on the fact alone that I just think that that I've said before, Jake Ottinger is going to be one of the best playoff goalies. I think he is right now, and he's going to continue to be. Um, uh, and I, Pavelski is going to come back, right, I think? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He was about to come back uh, for game six, didn't take warm-ups, didn't appear in that game, but it sounds like, especially with this time off, he's going to be in it. Yeah, I just think that the the Stars are the better overall team. I think that um, obviously Peter DeVore is not a guy who's been able to get over the hump, but he's a guy that's been able to take teams far, and I just think that that's valuable, especially with going against a guy like Dave Haxtell, who really doesn't have a ton of playoff coaching experience. Um, yeah, I was wrong about the Kraken in the first round. 
but I think Grubauer is going to have to come back to reality eventually. Um, maybe he won't be as bad as he was in the regular season, but I don't think he'll be continue to be this good. Um, so I'm, I, I think the Kraken, uh, I think Seattle is a, a great building to play, and I think it's a tough building for the start to go into. So I think yeah. the Kraken are going to pick up a few wins, um, especially at home. But uh, I think at the end of the day, um, we're, we're still kind of in that, that spot where the Stars are just the better team, the more experienced team. And uh, I think that the Stars, well, I think, I think that the Stars don't, I don't know if they necessarily have the easiest matchup in the first round. I just, I don't think it's going to, I mean, the second round, I don't think it's going to be necessarily that challenging for them to, to beat the Kraken. It, they didn't look like they had a tough time with Minnesota. I think Minnesota is better than the Kraken. So um, I would say stars in the six. I think that that the Kraken will be able to to squeak out a few wins. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I'm gonna start with goaltending because I think that's the obvious one. I think Anger is by far the better goaltender. I thought he had a great round one. I think he's one of the best players in the league uh, or goaltenders in the league. And I think he is one of those goaltenders that could steal you a series. I don't think he'll have to steal him a series this round, but. Moving on to their offense, I think Seattle's the deeper team. However, like I think that top line of Hintz, Pavelski, and Robertson, when they come back, I think it's going to be too much for the crack in the handle. Obviously, they handled McKinnon and Ranson pretty well, but that's really all they had to handle against the Avalanche. Meanwhile, with Dallas, like you have Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson, but uh, Jamie Benn has been great. Uh, a couple of their other death boards have been great, uh, like um, uh, Evgeny Dad, the Dad, uh, Donov. Um, I think the defense for Dallas has been great, especially with Miro Heiskanen. Um, and I think Dallas is the bear catch team, even though I don't really like Peter DeBoer. Um, but he's been known to take teams in his first year to a very, very – uh, deep in a deep run into the playoffs, and I think that's what he's going to do here. Um, my prediction are the stars and six. I still think the Kraken are able to squeak some out because I I really like their depth. I think their depth is a huge reason why they're as good as they are. Um, but I think the stars are just better, and I think they have a decent chance to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I think honestly that that the Kraken could win this series. Um, I think I I think they they have a good like underdog mentality. They have a lot of guys who are good playoff players, guys who will show up when mm-hmm. you know you need them to. But I I just think that at the end of the day, the Stars being the better team is going to be what puts them over the top, and <laughs> that 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 the Stars I think the Stars they do a good job of just handling you know, business that needs to be handled. They don't make it too hard on themselves. And I, I think that, that that'll be important. And they'll just be able to handle the Kraken. What's your official prediction? Stars and six. All right. We both agree there. Uh, final matchup for round two, the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, we'll look at the, the, the stats. Chandler Stevenson, the past five games, four goals for the Knights. Leon Dreisaitl, five goals for the Oilers. Alex Petrangelo uh, for the Knights in assists has five. Evan Bouchard with eight for the Oilers. 
You look at points, Chandler Stevenson has eight for the Knights, and Connor McDavid has 10 points for the Oilers. You look at the goaltending. Stuart Skinner with a 3-2-0 record, a 3.43 goals against average, and a .890 save percentage. Laurent Brassois, a 4-1-0 record, a 2.42 goals against average, and a .915 save percentage. The Knights and the Oilers, um, this is one that the NHL is going to love because you have one of the most profitable teams and one of the best players in the whole world. What are your predictions for this matchup? I don't want to say my predictions because it makes me angry, but uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to think the Oilers win this series. Um, I don't know. <laughs> this kind of feels like like last year where, you know, they they uh, they head into a Calgary, a team that people are like, yeah, the Oilers might not win this series. You know, this is probably it for them. They had a nice first-round victory. I just I think Vegas is a good team. I thought Brossois was great in the first round, but Brossois to me is one of those guys who isn't going to keep this up. I think that he struggles, especially against the Oilers' offense. He puts up a ton of shots. Um, I think Vegas's defense is a bit better than the Kings, but uh, I just think that it's just so hard to contain them, Drysdale and McDavid. And I think the Oilers' depth has gotten a lot, a lot better. I think guys like Bustad, Yamamoto, Warren Fogle are just going to play a lot better than, you know, the the Vegas's depth. I like Vegas's depth. I'm a fan of like guys like Keegan Colasar, um, Carrier, uh, Nick Waugh. but I just think that the Oilers' depth is a little bit better now. Um, but I'm not going to count out Vegas. I think that they could easily win this series. They have a good team. They're such a great coach team. Bruce Cassidy's such a good coach. But I think at the end of the day, the Oilers have more skill and while you don't need skill necessarily to win in the playoffs i think it's going to put them over the top so there's no denying the oilers skill i think mcdavid dry saddle and now bouchard have been excellent for the oilers um and their defense has been amazing um the acquisition from the Predators, um, Matias Ekholm coming over and trade deadline has been impressive for them. And, you know, they're, they're a good team. And I like Jay Woodcroft as a coach. But this is where, <laughs> this is where uh, you know, I'm going to have a, a very uh, probably hot take here. I think the Knights are going to win this one. Let me tell you why. I really like Chandler Stevenson's play a lot in the playoffs. I really like Mark Stone's play in the playoffs. I think Jack Eichel is going to continue to get better in the playoffs as he uh, learns how to play. I think even Petrangelo uh, is great on the blue line. I think the fact that they took out the Jets and didn't allow that many goals without having Shea Theodore and Braden McNabb on their blue line was impressive. Obviously, you want them back because this is a high, more highly offense offensive team than the Winnipeg Jets. But I like their defense. I like their offense. And we look at goaltending. I know Laurent Brassois isn't the ideal starting goaltender, but he really stepped up to the plate. And even if he does not play well, you have Logan Thompson, who has played well in the regular season. We'll see what he does in the playoffs. Um, you also have Aiden Hill, and you have Jonathan Quick if needed. And we know Jonathan Quick can turn it on in the playoffs, even though uh, you're shaking your head and 
I, I would agree with you. I don't think he's the right choice here, but you know, maybe if it ultimately comes down to that somehow in some way, maybe he turns on the old flame again, but I think Brissois is the better goaltender out of the two. I think Skinner without the incredible defense and offense that the Oilers had in the first round was going to get lit up. And you look at his numbers and he basically looks like he was lit up most of the time, even though the Oilers did come out of that series in six. So I look at all of that and I do not underrate the Oilers at all. I think they're a great team, but I think Vegas is just a deeper team. I like Bruce Cassidy. I think he's a great coach. I like the defense on the Vegas team better than Edmonton. Obviously Edmonton's offense is way better, but I don't think Vegas's offense is far below that. And then out of goaltending, I like Warren Persuade better. And that is leading me to choose the Vegas Golden Knights going on to the Western Conference Final in six games. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm taking Leonard on his crutches over over Quick against the Oilers. If you if they start Jonathan Quick against the Oilers in the playoffs, then uh, I, I McDavid's putting up six goals in that game. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't know. I just have a. I think this is probably the, the going to be the closest series. I think that this is one that really could go either way. Um, but I, I just have a gut feeling about the Oilers. I think that they get it done. Um, but I, I'm. I really won't be surprised if Vegas wins the series. I could totally see it. And I, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'd much rather Vegas win the series than, than the Oilers. I really don't want the Oilers to win. But I just have a gut feeling that I think they get it done. Um, and like, uh, it's just, it just scares me just thinking about it, but it's just something in me just thinks we're going to get an Oilers Leafs finals. I hope and, uh, I hate to think about it, but <laughs> I hope not. I know, just the feeling in me thinks it might happen. Yeah, that would be terrible. Um, but anyway, let's recap the second round, our predictions for the second round real quick. Uh, for me, I have the Florida Panthers winning in seven games over Toronto. I have the Carolina Hurricanes winning over the New Jersey Devils again in seven. I have the Dallas Stars moving on in six games against the Seattle Kraken. And I have the Vegas Golden Knights winning in six games over the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I got the Leafs in four. It's happening. Gary Brooks out. Um, Canes in seven. Stars in six, and then Oilers in seven. All right. Very decisive uh, between us, uh, diversive between the two of us uh, this time, unlike the first round um, where we only disagreed, I believe, on one series, and that was uh, the Canes and Isles series, and we all know who got that one correct. Um, but in any case, that was uh, our round one recap and our round two predictions. Um, Tyler, do you have anything else to add before we close out this episode of the podcast? Uh, let's hop on the Stars bandwagon. Get Wedgwood's cup. Uh, hop on the Canes bandwagon as well. We need all the former Sharks to win cups. Brent Burns and Joe Pavelski and Stefan Nason. I'm looking at you, but in any case – um, you can find me on Twitter, Chase Beardsley underscore. You can find Tyler Cass on Twitter, Tyler Cass underscore. Um, and yeah, I mean, first round was an epic amount of hockey. So many overtimes. It was so fun. Unless you're, if you're an Islanders and Kings fan, then, uh, that must've really sucked for you. Like, uh, someone in this, uh, in this podcast, but in any case, I hope you guys enjoy round two. Um, 
we should be coming out with a podcast, basically recapping all the Calgary news that has happened and all the minor little news uh, during round two. But anyway, we hope you enjoy the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we will see y'all on another episode of the Desert Shift Podcast very soon. My patience is waning. Is this entertaining? My patience is waning. Is this entertaining? Hi, hi.